I'm not a big fan of, of one size fits all because we're all, I mean, it might sound a little bit cliche, but it's true. Like we're all unique and we all have different strengths and weaknesses as people and as runners. Some of us have been running for 20 years and some of us have been running for 20 days. Hi folks, hope you are enjoying a wonderful day, beautiful out there, a day that the Lord has made. And uh, uh, thanks for joining us on this Run the Race podcast. I'm your host extraordinaire, Jason Dennis, uh, talking about fitness and faith on a uh, pretty much weekly basis. And, you know, folks ask me sometimes, you know, why did you decide to start a podcast? Well, my employer, WTVM, asked about us starting some of these um, last year. So I've been doing this for about 10 or 11 months now. And also, um, these are two of my passions in life, faith and fitness. And also, um, I started listening to podcasts about maybe three years ago, doing some of these long runs, you know, two, three hours plus, sometimes by myself, and wanted to listen to something besides just music all the time and something to educate myself, you know, whether it be sermons or stuff about running or sports that I'm passionate about. And one of the podcasts that inspired me to, to start my own podcast, want to kind of get out there and, and hopefully inspire people as well, is uh, the Diz Runs radio podcast where he talks about running life and everything in between. And that is my guest for this week, Denny Cray, the host of that podcast. He is, uh, calls himself the chief everything officer of DizRuns.com. And uh, so we talked to him about injury prevention since he is a uh, uh, certified athletic trainer and strength and conditioning specialist and also a running coach. We talk about why he is also doing the 50 States Marathon Running Challenge, why one size does not fit all, some advice from him, and um, about his book about being ready on race day. He also is on the team with me, uh, the We Run Diz World uh, team for the Circumpolar Race Around the World. We're doing 35,000 miles, about 50,000 K over the course of probably 12 to 16 months. And so we've, we're done with Region 1. We've done about maybe 3,000 miles overall, so we might be 10% of the way there. We've been through Mexico, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica. This is, again, virtually, obviously. Uh, next up for us is the Andes, Chile, Antarctica, down under Australia. We're going to go to Indonesia, all the Pakistan, Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Europe, places like Russia, Finland, Sweden, Norway, and then also on to Southeast Asia and India. So uh, going to a tour around the world. And um, so that's obviously virtual. But uh, this past weekend, I did a, a real in-person relay. Uh, with about uh, three of my friends, so four of us running a total of 60 miles. I did about 14 of those miles. We were actually the Masters winners. Masters, if you're not aware, is for 40-year-olds and up. So I'm in that category, and we only had one other team we competed against, so it was nice. We were first out of two teams. Um, and so uh, there was one point, one of my legs, I did about 14 miles overall myself, split up in, in, in four different runs. And one of my legs, you know, I, I was getting a little tired as the day was going on. It was from 6 a.m. till about 2 p.m., and I was running maybe, you know, I felt like I was running just a little bit slower by a few seconds or 10 seconds uh, per mile pace. And then on my uh, my uh, wireless earbuds, I was listening to 80s music, and the song Pour Some Sugar on Me came on. If you're familiar with that song, you know, step inside, walk this way, you know, and it was, it was great. It, it made me go faster. <laughs> so music uh, does make a difference for sure on relays, 5Ks, whatever you're running. If you're just running in your neighborhood just for fun, uh, some good music, crank it up. Have a, have a good time. 
And uh, the gentleman that I talked to for today's podcast this week's is, uh, again, Denny Cray. He likes to have fun. He, again, is a certified athletic trainer and certified strength and conditioning specialist. Uh, his current job is podcaster, the host of the Diz Runs Radio podcast, which started back in summer of 2014. He's had almost 900 episodes and more than a million plays. Congrats to him. He's also a running coach and an author of the book Be Ready on Race Day, so check that out. He is a uh, husband and a dad to a six-year-old girl. His athletic highlights including marathons in 10 states plus D.C. We talk about one that we ran together in this conversation. He also ran the 2020 Goofy Challenge uh, with team and training for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And what that is is that's a half marathon and a marathon at Disney World in two consecutive days. So congrats to him and running for a great cause. So uh, here's my conversation with uh, Denny, also known as uh, Diz Runs. I'd like to welcome uh, Denny Cray to the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Denny. Oh, appreciate it, Jason. Thanks for the uh, the opportunity. Always always fun to be on uh, on the other side of the microphone for a change. Absolutely, yeah. I've listened to your podcast for uh, several years now. Diz Runs Radio. It's uh, a great one about running and, and all kinds of different things. And both of us are doing the uh, fifty states, trying to do uh, marathons and all those, and and also doing this circumpolar race around the world together. And uh, um, I, I met you in person at the Marine Corps Marathon uh, back uh, last year uh, in the D.C. Virginia area. That was a marathon in the rain, so we ran the first, I think, 19 or 20 miles. Uh, it was a pretty much a deluge. That wasn't probably your or my favorite, uh, I guess, temperature kind of race, right? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was tough. It was, thankfully it wasn't too cold so that once you, at least for me, once I got running, um, even though it was, I was soaked to the, to the bone, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too uncomfortable, man. If it would have been 20 degrees cooler at that type of rain, it would have been a, a pretty rough day, but it's certainly a memorable day. I mean, you know, you remember those those races where the the weather uh, doesn't exactly cooperate, or where something where something doesn't cooperate, where something goes a little bit wrong. Sometimes those ones stand out in your mind a little bit more. And uh, I mean, I'd never run Marine Corps before that, uh, so I can't compare it to anything. I've always heard nothing but good things about the race, and even though the the conditions weren't uh, maybe what anybody would have considered ideal. Uh, I still had a, a great time and, and so thankful to have been able to run that race. And, and uh, certainly it will stay on my list as far as, you know, if, if the opportunities present down the road is, is maybe a, a race to go back and, and visit again. And hopefully, you know, if there is a next time there, uh, maybe the weather will be a little bit more uh, enjoyable for at least the first 20 miles and then uh, maybe be smooth sailing for the rest of it like it was uh, in 2019 for us. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just like the Marines to do that to us, right? They want to make it right. hard on us, you know, and, and uh, be like a Marine. Um, and also, you know, we, we're going to talk today about uh, injury prevention since you're a personal trainer, athletic trainer. We're going to talk about your podcast, which has more than a million plays so far. Also about your your running journey and, and us doing this uh, race around the world virtually together. And also, uh, you know, kind of the, the question, does one size fit all when it comes to training? Because I know you you wrote a book uh, kind of in, in, in terms of uh, pointed towards that. But I wanted to flip the script a little bit because you ask this to all of your podcast guests as well. So I want to ask you, uh, what is your favorite race distance to run and why? Yeah, so I've, I've gotten this question a few times in large part because it is kind of my my signature question, or at least the, the launching off point question for, for my podcast. And um, I, I kind of maybe uh, skirt the issue a little bit by, by coming up with two answers most of the time when I get asked this question, because uh, I think that the, as far as 
my favorite, not my favorite, the best distance for me to race is probably the half marathon. Like I'm, I feel the most comfortable at, at 13.1 miles and, and comfortable in my pacing and my ability to really push myself and, and hopefully not overdo it. And if I do overdo it, maybe be able to hold on to it till I get to the finish line. Uh, and I, I feel like I've, I've run my best races tactically and just from pace wise at the half marathon distance. But uh, my favorite distance, you know, if I could only race one distance from, from now until forever would be the marathon uh, in large part because of the opposite of that, because I'm still trying to figure it out because it's still such a challenge. And I mean, the half marathon is a challenge. Any race you push yourself is going to be a challenge, but um, there's still that, that question. There's still that lingering doubt in my head when it comes to running 26.2 miles and really pushing hard for 26.2 miles that, uh, that intrigues me and that uh, excites me when it's, when it's time to toe the line and take off and, and get after it. So, uh, you know, my favorite distance is, is, is the marathon, even though it may not be my best distance, at least not at this point. That's a good answer. You can give two answers, right? <laughs> yep. Um, absolutely. and, uh, the way I start a lot of my podcast guests is a fast forward, some rapid fire questions. So the first one of those for you is, uh, what is your job description currently at home and also at work? So, uh, my, my job description at home is the easy one. Uh, I'm, I'm the husband to Rebecca and, and the, the daddy to Addison. Um, and so, you know, those, those are the two titles that are the most important titles, uh, above, above anything and everything. Uh, the work title is a little bit, uh, a little bit more complicated. Uh, I say that I'm the CEO, the, the chief everything officer of, uh, of disruns.com, which is, you know, kind of my home base. And so, uh, I, I have branched out and have a couple of folks that kind of do some, some, some work for me. Uh, and I certainly appreciate it. Take a little bit off my plate. So I'm not quite the chief everything officer any, anymore, but, you know, doing podcasts, doing coaching, um, working on, social media stuff and writing emails and I mean, just whatever needs to be done with the business. I'm, I'm doing most of it. So uh, chief, almost everything officer is, is the work title. <laughs> Very nice. Well, and I know, like you said, the priority for you is to be the best husband and father you can be. Your daughter's uh, six years old, so I know that that's uh, that can be a, an important job, especially with virtual learning that we've had to do over the last few months as well, right? Yeah, I, I had the, uh, the title of kindergarten teacher there for, for a little while as well. Um, and thankfully, uh, you know, knock on wood so far this, this school year, she's been, been back at school full time. Um, obviously lots of precautions being, being taken, but, uh, so I don't have to, to have the title of first grade teacher this year. And, and hopefully fingers crossed that'll, that'll stay the way because, uh, um, teaching is not one of my strengths, uh, at least not teaching my daughter when she's uh, six, five and six years old. So, uh, hopefully, you know, she can continue to, to go back to school. I can continue to, to do the work and just be dad and not have to be, uh, Mr. Cray at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, also, um, do you have a, uh, specific, maybe spiritual or inspirational, some kind of mantra or motto, something you, you live by, whether it be in your life or with running? Yeah, I've, I've had a few, uh, over the, the, the last, I don't know, decade or so, but the one that's really kind of stuck, I think the most for me in the last three or four years has been, uh, take the next step. And it's just, it's just a reminder that, you know, the things that, that got me to where I am today, whether it's it's spiritually, whether it's family, business, whatever, just it, it, personal growth, you know, kind of it's, you know, interpersonal uh, development are all important. And, and I don't want to overlook those things. But I also know that that I want to continue to grow on, on all avenues of my life and in all aspects and, and continue to, to get better and learn more and, and just continue to refine and improve. And the only way to do that is to keep moving forward. So uh, take the next step has been something that's really kind of been a good reminder for me. Uh, and obviously it fits for running as well. You know, you're out there on, on some training runs or maybe on race day and things aren't going as well as you planned or you're struggling a little bit. And you just, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you'll get to the finish line. Um, and, and, you know, I try to remember that in, in other areas of life too, hopefully not always getting to the, not rushing to the finish line in other areas of life, 
but continuing to grow and continuing to, to learn and, and hopefully, you know, continuing to be just a one step better today than I was yesterday. And if I can do that, then I'll be, I'll be happy. When, when my kids were little, one of their favorite movies and still mine too, is finding Nemo with the, the motto of uh, just keep swimming. So you want to just, you know, keep moving forward no matter, no matter what it is. Right. Absolutely. Dory, Dory was, was wise beyond her, uh, behind her years. That's for sure. For sure. Um, and also, you know, I know that obviously running is a passion of yours, but specifically, you know, what do you do to stay fit? Like, do you have a routine of how much you run or when you run on a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, set in my my running routine i'm I'm a big fan of having a a regular routine i just think for me it just helps things to go to go smoothly and right now it's it's six days a week uh sunday is my off day uh saturday is my my long run day and then kind of run for about an hour maybe sometimes about an hour and a half monday through friday and then somewhere um you know two to two to three hours maybe three and a half hours if we're really pushing it a little bit on on saturday um you know, and then I try to mix in a little bit of, of yoga or a little bit of, you know, I, I do a couple of days of strength training most, most weeks and a little bit of bike time as well to try to be a little bit more well-rounded, but uh, definitely running is the, the priority and it's, it's a six day a week thing. And I'm, I'm a big fan of my rest days. Um, but, uh, but yeah, running is, is definitely my, my thing right now. And the last of the fast four, what is something unique about uh, Denny Cray? Yeah, so I, I I've been listening to your show uh, pretty much since day one, and I've heard you ask this question to to you know however many 35, 40 people that have been on the show each episode, and uh, it's like gosh, you know I don't I don't know because I feel like for me, um, you know what, what I do is nothing special. So maybe if you ask somebody else, they could tell you some some unique things about me. But I did kind of come up with something in the last few days, knowing that this question was coming, and that is that uh, I'm not the only person to do this, certainly not. But uh, there's not a whole lot of folks that can say that they have PR'd in the half marathon twice in two official races on the same day. And so uh, back in back in 2013, I had a morning race locally in town and uh, a night race just up the street at, at Walt Disney World and uh, set the goal to, to PR in both of them and, and uh, managed to, to pull it off. And so that was that was a pretty, pretty cool thing. And, and kind of my my something I kind of, you know, lean on once in a while, like, yeah, that was that was a pretty cool day uh, back back seven years ago. Very impressive. It's it's like a marathon in two races, but you you obviously had some negative splits there. So that's kind of a a goal for some folks. So, uh, so congratulations on that. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a unique challenge, but uh, it worked out. So I was happy with it. Yeah, and you know a lot of folks. I'm sure you deal with this as a, as a podcast host and as a running coach and personal trainer. Um, but uh, injury prevention is is a big deal for a lot of folks, and, and some people don't run because of it. You know, maybe the majority of people don't love running because you know their knees hurt or their feet hurt or it's too hard and the in the impact on the ground. Uh, and some people turn to trail running because of that. So, what are some of the biggest questions you get as as a coach and trainer in terms of preventing injuries? And, and are these things that can be uh, prevented when it comes to, you know, letting you keep running? Yeah, it, it's, it's a great question. And it's certainly something that uh, I think anybody who runs has had folks that, that don't run think that they're crazy and go, I could never do, I could never do what you do because, you know, like you said, it hurts my knees or it hurts, hurts my, my shins or it hurts my, my whatever, you know, insert body part here as, as far as why they can't run. And, you know, the, the coaching side of me and, and the, the athletic trainer side of me, um, struggles to, with the thought that that there's probably a few people that just the way that their body's put together maybe it's maybe running might not be the best thing for them but for a lot of folks um i think that the reason that running hurts because a lot of times they're, they're coming from experience like I, I you know i signed up for this turkey trotter i signed up for this this whatever this this you know couch to 5k program or whatever um and and it just hurt like i had these body parts that hurt um so they're coming at it from from a truthful situation 
But I think that what gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times is that they try to do try to do too much too quickly. So, you know, instead of starting out real slow, instead of starting out with, with quote unquote, just running or maybe even just walking a half a mile, you know, they, they set out to run that first 5k and run the whole thing. And so they're just pushing themselves way more than what their body is capable of right now, because, you know, e- even though we don't necessarily think of running as a contact sport, like we think of the NFL or like we think of maybe the, you know, professional hockey or, or any type of you know, rugby or whatever. I mean, insert, you know, real physical, really, really tough sports here. Um, it's, it's not a contact sport like that, but at the same time you go out and you run, you know, for, for an hour, for two hours, for three hours, for 30 minutes. If you're, if you're not used to doing that, that's a lot of pounding. Every time your foot hits the ground, when you, when you're running, they, they say whoever they are, the scientists is who they are, but they, they say that it's like four times the amount of pressure, amount of force of your body weight pressing down on, on your body. So, you know, if you're not used to running a lot, your body hasn't adapted and gotten stronger and been able to absorb that wear and tear. And then you go out and you push too much. Well, yeah, like all that force has got to go somewhere. So it shows up in your knee or in your hip or wherever and you hurt. And so, you know, I think that, that certainly not, not painting with too broad of a brush, but I think that in a lot of cases, a lot of those common running injuries, your plantar fasciitis, your IT band issues, your shin splints, some of those types of things maybe aren't completely preventable, but a lot of cases could be prevented if we just slowed down, if we didn't try to run so hard all the time, because that's something that, that even more advanced runners can send, sometimes get themselves in trouble with is, is pushing the pace, pushing the effort on every single run instead of, you know, really recognizing that it's, it's okay to run easy. Uh, in fact, it could be maybe more beneficial to run easy most of the time because it's a little bit less wear and tear on the body. Um, and, and that allows your body to recover more between runs, which helps to alleviate any soreness as well. And then the other thing, like I said earlier, just to, to remember that, you know, when you're starting out, when you're, when you're still fairly new to the sport, like don't compare yourself to other folks. Don't compare yourself to somebody who's been running for weeks or months or years or decades. Like just focus on what you can do. And maybe what you can do is, is like I said, walk in a half a mile or walk into the mailbox and back or whatever it is. And that's fine. That's perfect. All of us pretty much have started at a similar place. You know, I can remember when I couldn't run a mile. I mean, I probably could have with it with a gun to my head, but but for the most part, like I could just going out and running for a mile straight, like that was that was not something that was really in the realm of possible. And now, you know, not trying to, to diminish it, like is I mean, it's it's kind of like all right, well, yeah, like no big deal. You need to run a mile, I'll run a mile. Like it's not it, it, no factor. Um, but it wasn't always that way. And so if, if you're if you're still new to the sport, be okay with doing just a little bit. Be okay with starting with just walking and building your base a little bit and, and helping your body to adapt to the demands of of running or walking or whatever. And then as you get stronger, as as you're feeling more comfortable and more confident out there, you can add a little bit of running. You can you can go a little bit farther. And eventually, you know, not in the, not, not in the necessarily time frame of days, uh, maybe not even in weeks, but in months and in years, you build that base, you get stronger, your body adapts and, and is able to withstand the, the pounding forces longer. And all of a sudden, you used to be, you know, laid up practically on the couch for a couple of days after doing a 5K. And now you're running a half marathon and you're you're good to go the next day. No, no factor. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a process. Um, but if you start small, keep things manageable uh, and not try to do too much too quickly. A lot of those aches and pains and, and sore, you know, sore, sore body parts uh, can really be eliminated uh, just by just by trying to do a little bit less and building over time instead of trying to do it too much too quickly. Yeah, very smart advice for uh, for runners 
and for non-runners. So, and speaking of kind of starting slow and working your way up and having success, you know that sometimes it takes years to kind of. Uh, I think you recently posted uh, one of your Proverbs Dale podcast is uh, you know sometimes it takes three years or more to to build a base. Uh, for you, you build a great base for your podcast, uh, Diz Runs Radio. Um, and now about to well entering your seventh year, and I think you said one point one million plays, which is impressive. Uh, applause to you. Uh, great job. Um, so uh, how did this all come about? So I started looking into it and started listening to to different type of podcasts and uh, really kind of enjoyed it and, and kind of decided that maybe maybe it could be a good thing for me to do to, to start one uh, from, from kind of the personal training, uh, health and fitness side of things. So I started that podcast and it was just a solo show. And I was like, gosh, this is really hard to like to do, figure out what I'm going to talk about, you know, a couple times a week and put the episodes out. And it was taking a lot of time. And I was enjoying it, but I was like, you know, I could, you know, I kind of have this running blog that I don't do much with. Um, you know, I bet it would be easy to just talk to people, you know, whatever, record an interview, slap it on the, on a, on another podcast and, uh, you know, be easy peasy. So I, I started doing both shows for like a month and then realized that this whole interview thing, like it's every bit as hard, if not harder than doing your own show. Cause there's lining up guests and figuring things out. And, and it was just a, a different type of, of difficult so, uh, but I enjoyed it. I loved it. And so I uh, decided that if, if one of them was going to go, it was going to be the, the health and fitness show. We were going to, we were going to stick with uh, talking to runners about, you know, whatever running life and everything in between is kind of the tagline. So it just kind of starts off with running, just like any, any runner knows you, you run with other people. You start off maybe talking about races or things like that. And sometimes you, you continue talking about running the whole time. And sometimes you get into family and work and life dynamics and this and that and the other um, and it's just the conversation just goes. And I was like, well, that, that could be a fun kind of way to, to you know, have some conversations and, and talk to some folks. And um, and so it just kind of started with no plans of, of certainly no plans of getting to, I don't know, 50 episodes, 100 episodes. And yet and yet here we are, you know, six, six plus years later, uh, the, the show turned had its sixth birthday in July of, of 2020 and uh, still going strong. And, and it just kind of, you know, thankfully can kind of continues to, to grow and and new people are finding the show and new people are just finding podcasts in general. Um, so, you know, more people hear about podcasts for the first time and they start to look for, Oh, I'm a, I'm a runner. Let me see what kind of running shows out there. And I maybe stumble upon, uh, upon the show and, and, uh, give it a listen and hopefully enjoy it. And if not, you know, whatever, there's only however many hundred other running podcasts out there. So they find one they like, and that's, and that's great. And so, uh, it definitely started by accident and, uh, and, and then, I just started to enjoy it. And, and I don't know. I mean, I, I am an introvert. There's, there's no question about that. I, I enjoy time to myself, but maybe, maybe the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, talk to somebody for an hour, but then the rest of the time I can just, you know, sit in my office with the lights out and do the, do the post-production work and get things going. Um, it's, it's maybe just enough interaction, but it's not with a group. So I can, I can talk to one person, uh, that it's not too much too draining on me and I can still recharge uh, with my solo time and working from home while the, while my wife and daughter, my wife's a school teacher and, and my, my daughter's in, in first grade. So they're gone all day. So I, I have plenty of alone time that I can dial it up for a podcast once in a while, I think. Nice. Well, you do, you do a great job and have some really great guests and quick tips and, and, uh, also have a, a popular Diz Runs Tribe, uh, Facebook page, uh, which, uh, as long as you, uh, are, are don't, uh, uh, say bad stuff on there or get all political, you're, you're able to stay around and you have different, uh, Friday fives and proverbs and things like that. So I, uh, I truly enjoy it. So, uh, thank you for, for your service and helping inspire folks, you know, whether they are, are new runners or maybe people that are, um, professionals as well. Right. You know, 
all kinds of yeah I, I appreciate that and that's that's one of the things that uh, i've tried to do is keep it very open-ended so yeah we've had folks that are pretty much brand new to the sport that have been on this podcast before and i've had a few olympians on the show and obviously a whole lot of folks at various points in between so it's been a lot of fun and, and no plans on slowing down anytime soon that's great. And, 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 you know, not slowing down on your running either. Um, because, uh, you, you know, we talked about how you have a similar, uh, goal as I in terms of, uh, wanting to do a marathon in all 50 States. Um, I think I'm up to 12 or 13 now. I think you're at 10 or 11. So what, what made you want to do this goal? Because I mean, this is going to take a while. I mean, if, if we're doing like three to six marathons a year, it's just like kind of like a decade long plan. What was, um, what was the motivation behind doing something like this? Yeah, that was another one of those things that uh, kind of like the podcast, it just kind of happened. And I, I wasn't really intentional about setting that goal. But, uh, you know, as I was getting into running and, and kind of figuring out that maybe this was something that uh, I enjoyed uh, at least a little bit and had had ambitions of, of obviously not ever being anything uh, elite or anything like that, but just continuing to make it something that I wanted to do. Um, I just kind of randomly floated the idea to my to my wife one time. I don't know where I'd heard, I'd heard about it in a runner's world or on Twitter or whatever, but it was just like, and you know, there's people that run like a marathon in every state. Like, I think that might be something that I wouldn't mind doing, you know, cause it would give me an excuse to travel to different places to, you know, like I've got family in, in Michigan, I live in Florida and there's not a whole lot of, of other excuses for me to go to other places other than, you know, like everybody wants to go here, there or whatever, but like, you know, and I, I always kind of joke about North Dakota, nothing, to, nothing against my North Dakota peeps. I'm, I'm sure North Dakota is lovely, but like <laughs> I have no reason to go to North Dakota that I can think of, but I would love to go see it. I, I love the diversity of our of our country, um, and and what better reason to go to North Dakota, to go to Idaho, to go to wherever wherever those those states are that you've never been to before and don't really know anybody there than to go run a race. And so it was just kind of was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. My wife was like, yeah, I'm on board. Just as long as I get to come come with you, not to run, but just to come and travel and see the the country as well. So uh, it just kind of you know was was kind of one of those random side conversations or kind of just fell out of my mouth like hey you, you this thing's kind of cool she's like yeah let's do it so uh that was that was when the uh idea was was born and it's been a lot of stopping and starting because that was before uh we had we had our daughter so you know at that point it was it was a little bit easier to travel and uh you know there were a few less uh financial constraints on on some of those things and then um you know we we started a family so that cut down on travel a little bit and, and I've, I've done a few races without her and a few races that she's come with me. So jury's still out on if we have to go back to a couple of those States to, to redo them again so that she can come with me to, uh, to Kansas and to Alabama. And I think Virginia are the three or actually there's a couple of some of the West coast ones, California and Idaho. We, she had, she didn't go to those races either. Uh, so maybe, well, maybe those ones aren't officially off my list, but uh, I'm going to count them. I'm going to still count them as I've, I've run races there. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully as, as, you know, life continues to, to advance and, and uh, opportunities present and uh, we'll be able to continue to travel and, and continue to check off states along the way as we go. Yeah. And, you know, and in, in, in this world of the COVID pandemic that we've been living through for the last seven months, a lot of races getting canceled. I was supposed to do the Big Sur Marathon in California several months ago. That's gone. And so it was pretty much almost every big race in the entire world. But um, in exchange for that, you and I both participated in the great virtual race across Tennessee created by the one and only Lazarus Lake. And now you and I are on a 10-person team together for Crawl, the circumpolar race around the world, which 
which is a, a daunting task of uh, 35,000 miles or I think a 50,000 K, which uh, should take our team in more than a year, maybe 16 months. We'll see how long it'll take us. I think we're just now, as we record this today on this Wednesday, we are just finishing Region 1. So uh, I'm glad we're able to do that. Our, our team is called Re We Run Diz World, D-I-Z World for Diz Runs, obviously. So uh, uh, what, what do you think about Cross so far? Because, I mean, we've we've been through all these different places, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Costa Rica, um, kind of learning as we go. But we're actually you know, physically not there, but it's still you know, a lot of fun, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I really am. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I, I didn't realize I was getting myself into with the race across Tennessee, but I, I really enjoyed was the ability to, you know, you log your miles every day and you could see where you were on a map and you could zoom in and do like the Google Street View situation and just kind of see like, you know, what part of Tennessee you were in. We went through a lot of small towns, went through a couple of big cities, but you could just kind of see literally on the map where you are today. And uh, that's been something that hasn't been in every every country we've been in, but it's, it's been through a couple of them. And uh, supposedly something we'll get back to when we get to, to South South America, which is where we'll, we'll be for region two um, to, to, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we're not literally running around the world, but it's, it's cool to be able to, as a team, we log our miles and then we can look at it and go, gosh, you know, here's, we're on this, this road in, in Panama today, or I, I mean, I looked at it the other day and it was, I actually cheated and looked ahead a little bit of where we were on the map, but it was like literally running across the Panama canal. And like, there's a boat going through and like, it was just like, like stuff like that, where it was just, you know, a, a cool little thing to be able to do. And, and I'm certainly looking forward to, um, you know, I, I have a, a passport that has literally like my, my actual passport has zero stamps in it. Oh. And so I, I'm excited to, to, you know, get some virtual stamps and a virtual passport, uh, from, you know, the, 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 obviously we've been through Mexico or not obviously to those that don't know anything about it, but region one was started at the, the Texas, Texas, Mexico border and ran South through all of the, or as all of the, the Latin American countries that we went through. Uh, so to have, you know, eight stamps, uh, by the time we get through region one and to have learned a little bit about each country along the way, because, uh, Laz has done a, a just an amazing job Laz and the team. I mean, it's, it's, there's more than just Laz at, at work. Um, but doing write-ups about each country and kind of where we're going to go and the route that, that is planned. What are some of the sites along the way, as far as, you know, volcanoes or rainforests or whatever the history of these regions. And, you know, with, with Latin America and, and Central America, there's been a lot of kind of the, the, the fluidity of, you know, the Aztec empire and the Mayans and the, the, the Spanish that when they conquered it and just like learning stuff about each country. And I've, I've, been absolutely loving it and i'm looking forward to learning more about the south american countries we're going through and and certainly when we get i'm, I'm interested to see what what shows up for antarctica like what what all the information <laughs> is there um and then when we get on the other side of the world going up through australia and and asia and i mean it's just like i am i am really excited for it um and and excited to learn i got to get to scratch my nerd itch a little bit and and sightsee virtually a little bit um and i am i am a huge fan of it and and obviously not thankful of the pandemic, but thankful that this opportunity has come about because of it. Um, and, and looking forward to, you know, whatever it takes the next, the next 12, 13, 14 months, something like that of everybody just continuing to chip in and, and work our way through it. And, yeah. And even one of our team members got COVID. So he was uh, knocked mm-hmm. out for about a week and a half, two weeks from running. But we did, uh, we've done about 2,500 miles in one month and one week. So I think that's pretty good. I think our team's averaging a total uh, team members about seven miles a day of, of running and walking. You can count those walks with your dogs, things like that. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. I think for one thing, and maybe you, you agree or not with this, is is it kind of it's a, an accountability partner in a way, because almost like, you know, if you're competitive at all, you want to look at, okay, I want 
want to like make sure I'm holding my own with my team and and doing my part and I want to make sure our team is doing well and kind of moving along so for you I mean even though I'm not a fan necessarily of virtual racing this is kind of a cool way to do it as a team you're kind of like moving together and you want to you make sure to you know um, yeah you might have injuries or things along the way and might be a, have a, a down week but um, you want to do your part right oh absolutely I, th- I think that I, I'm, I'm with you as, as far as not being the, the biggest fan of virtual races. I've done, I've done a few this year, mostly um, for, for some of the, the races that I, I know of or, or you know, that, that support causes. So, like, if, you know, if I can if I can maybe not really actually run it as a proper race, but like incorporate it as part of my training, but donate some money to a good cause that I know that they're not getting the normal donations they would because they don't have the proper race place. I've participated in a few of those. But but, yeah, this one is is a different dynamic because it's not a one day event, you know, it's not a, just run a, run your half, half marathon or run your 10 K or, or whatever, whatever the, the different uh, distances might be for some of the virtual races that I, that I've seen and participated in. I mean, this is, this is a, a year plus event uh, with, with 10 people. And like you said, I mean, it, it can kind of scratch people's itch in a couple different ways. If you want to be competitive and be the, the, the runner on the team, that's, that's logging the most miles, you've got that opportunity. Uh, and if you just want to be like, Hey, I just want to not, let the team down, you know, and, and, and kind of keep yourself accountable that way. Whereas, especially as we get into the, the winter months, maybe not so much for you and I, but for some of those folks that live in, in proper winter climates where there's lots of snow and there's lots of ice and maybe, you know, some of those, those winter months where, especially with the, if there's no spring races or if there's few spring races uh, next year that are available, might uh, cut themselves some slack, might take a, an extra couple of days off here and there, but knowing that, uh, that they're part of the team and knowing that we're working towards this one common goal of, of finishing and, and certain amounts of time, you know, time goals that we have. Um, if that provides a little extra motivation, a little extra nudge to, to get out and, and get your miles in or, or take the dog for an extra walk or whatever the case might be. Um, I think that's a good thing too. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it and, uh, you know, enjoying being able to, to, you know, like you said, with our one teammate that had COVID be able to, to help in that situation and pick up some of that slack and knowing that there's going to be a time, I'm sure there's going to be a time at some point in the next year where I have a week or two where, I'm not running very much and knowing that there's nine other folks that are going to be more than willing to, to add a couple miles to their runs here and there to, to pick up for me. Um, and then I'll get back at it and, and support them. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I grew up playing team sports uh, as, as an adult. I haven't really had an opportunity to play team sports and, and running is typically not considered a team sport, but here's a, here's an opportunity to have a team sport again. And so uh, I'm, I'm in case you can't tell I'm, I'm all in on it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> And uh, looking forward to, to continuing on for sure. Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be part of your team. And and like you said, you're in Florida. I'm in Georgia. So we're used to, we have this this hot, humid climate. We've been running all summer through it. So I think we're going to get rewarded now. All these miles we put in uh, over the summer through Tennessee and now the world. Uh, fall uh, hopefully has arrived. Uh, we're hoping at least <laughs> that it's here. Um, and uh, I know that you have a, a book um, that came out in the last few years. Uh, speaking of you know races and kind of uh, when they when they finally start back and and there are some in person races happening now, especially trail races and smaller ones, which is great opportunity to go out there and find one uh, uh, throughout the country. But you have a book that's called "Be Ready on Race Day." Tell me about that. Is this um, you know who is this for? I guess, what's the audience for this kind of book? So the, the audience for the book and, and basically what the book is, is, is kind of a handout to write your own custom training plans. So the, the audience for the book are folks that have maybe tried the, the one size fits all plans, you know, the free plans that you download from the, the internet 
and uh, you know, it's how to run your first half marathon or first marathon or first, you know, break two hours or whatever it is. But they're all just they're all just one size fits all. And and as I mentioned a bit earlier, I'm not a big fan of of one size fits all because we're all. I mean, it might sound a little bit cliche, but it's true. Like we're all unique and we all have different strengths and weaknesses as people and as runners. And some of us have been running for 20 years and some of us have been running for 20 days. And just because we might have the same goal of, of running a half marathon doesn't mean that that what is appropriate for one as far as workouts and as, as far as the number of miles and the expectations and whatever um, is not it's, it's appropriate for one. It's not appropriate for the masses, at, at least in my view. So um you know, I also recognize as a running coach that, you know, having a, having a coach, hiring a coach, hiring somebody to write a plan for you, um, is a, it's, it's expensive. Uh, at least it certainly can be, uh, B it's not an, it's not a required expense. I mean, you can, you can get by without it. Um, but, but it's also pretty helpful. I think, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think that I was helping the folks that, that I work with. So it was kind of a, an opportunity I thought, and maybe filling a, a hole on the, you know, filling a gap a little bit of, you know, there's a lot of books out there that like, here's how to run your, your race, but they're all just, or how to train for your race. But again, they're all, you know, they're a little bit more in depth, one size fits all plans, but they're still one size fits all plans. So, um, I basically just kind of looked at everything I do as a coach and kind of what are some of the, the steps I do even start putting the plan together as far as looking at goals and looking at kind of what is your life like? Like, you know, you want to run this, this, you know, time goal for your, your half marathon, but your life is crazy right now. And you can, you really only train two or three times a week. So maybe we need to adjust that a little bit and just kind of looking at, at the whole picture um, down to how to schedule workouts and how I adjust when life happens. Uh, and just try to put it in a book as clear as possible, as far as here's what I do when I, when somebody hires me to write their plan, it's really not as complicated as some people might think it might be. And maybe my fellow running coaches would, would, kind of poo poo me for saying that, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's not simple, but it's not difficult. Uh, an idea of what you're doing. So the blueprint, here's what, what I would do. Um, and then you kind of plug in the factors of your life and your goals and and how much you can train and how things are are going in your life at the moment and should be able to, to put a plan together that I think is a lot better, a lot more quality, uh, certainly a lot more individualized for each each person than any type of, of downloaded plan that you can get online. And you can even take that downloaded plan and then use the book and use the, the, the things that I talk about in there as well as far as scheduling workouts and adjusting things and, and whatnot to take that one-size-fits-all framework and use it as a framework to then customize it and make your own plan. So um, that's what the book, that's what the goal is with the book. A lot of folks said, hey, this is really cool. I really appreciate it. Now I understand why I do X or Y, Y is, you know, Y, Z is, is part of my, my plan. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's hopefully helps some folks to understand why we do what we do as far as coaches to, to structure a plan. And if that helps them to, to put a good plan together to help them reach their goals, then, then I'm happy because that's, that's what I'm trying to do with the book, at least. Yeah, there's so much that goes into race day, you know, all the training because the journey really is what it's all about. The months and months you train for a marathon, the nutrition, the things you learn about, like the little niggles you get, whether it be an IT band issue or a hamstring issue or whatever else. And, and also, I know as a coach and a runner, um, you also, you, you alluded to this earlier about easy running. That's how you do maybe most of your running. And some people want to get out there and they want to go fast and they want to be competitive and they want to, you know, run a 5k. Um, so for you, what would you tell somebody about, um, easy running, the benefits of that, the benefits of, of running by feel or by heart rate, because, um, that may be something that's, that's foreign to folks that are listening right now. Yeah. I mean, we've had it kind of, you know, through certainly 
there's there's generations and, and maybe it's it's a generational thing, although I think maybe it's human nature as well. And, and certainly when you watch kind of competitive athletics where it's like, you know, people are going hard all the time and no pain, no gain and, and those type of, of philosophies. And, you know, if there's always somebody working harder than you. And, and we kind of get it in our heads that we have to be working hard all the time. But when it comes to uh, endurance running and, and, you know, any type of, of long distance running and certainly anything a mile and longer is uh, very much an endurance event. And so when we're, when we're training hard all the time, when we're doing hard hill repeats or running at, at kind of, you know, as, as hard as we can go doing, doing tempo runs and, and, and always racing, always pushing ourselves to the limit. Yes. We're working our top end speed, which is important, but we're not really building the endurance base that we need for these longer distance events. And again, longer distances, a mile is 5k certainly is, is up to, you know, and beyond the marathon distance as well. But, um, if you slow down and you focus on running at an easy level, whether it's under certain heart rate zones or like you said, having to, you know, just being able to, to talk well or, you know, kind of passing the talk test where you can talk in sentences as opposed to spitting out one or two words while you're gasping for breath in between each of those couple of words, um, you're actually training more of your aerobics, aerobic system, your, your aerobic energy production. You're building what I often call the aerobic base. Um, and, and by doing that, you're, you're able to, maintain your pace build your endurance and and run at a faster pace for longer so you know we we get kind of caught up and at least a lot of runners do and i want to run faster and and i get the the sentiment you know you want to have you know you have time goals we talked about my boston marathon goal and i need to i need to have a a, a faster time to qualify for boston Mm -hmm. right but i don't need to run faster and 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 where that can be confusing is like my top speed if i went out and ran a mile right now um, I, I don't know exactly what it would be because it's been a long time since I've done just one single hard mile, but I would imagine that, that I could probably run a mile in, in six minutes and 20 seconds, maybe six minutes and 30 seconds, something like that, which is no, not setting any, any world records right there, but my Boston qualifying pace is like seven minutes and, and 28 seconds or seven minutes and 35 seconds from mile, something like that. So the, the moral of that story is I'm fast enough to run the pace that I need to qualify for Boston. My problem is, is I don't have the endurance to run at that seven, whatever, let's call it seven thirty. that seven thirty pace over the course of 26.2 miles. I can, I can do it for about a half marathon, maybe, maybe 15 miles if I'm having a really good day, but I'm not at the point yet where I can do that for 26.2 miles. And the, the best way to get there is to continue to build that aerobic base so that when I do push it, I'm able to, to maintain it longer because I've got more of that, that solid foundation um, because I don't need to get faster. Right. I'm, you know, I, I worked on a bunch of speed work, got to where I could run a mile in under six minutes again, which is my, my fastest single mile I've ever run was 557. Um, I mean, that'd be great, but that still doesn't help me to run 730 for the course of three hours and 10 minutes, as opposed to, you know, running at, at 840 pace for, for three hours and 55 minutes, which is my current marathon PR. So um, it, it's all about building that that base, at least to me, and it's it's pretty well science backed as well. That you know, if you do that, you don't forget how to run fast. You're just able to run at a faster pace for longer, and that's you know, unless we're talking about a quarter mile race or, or shorter, and even even when we're not talking about that, I mean, if if you look at um, Usain Bolt, you know, his, his some of his performances in the hundred meter dash, he's not the fastest person in the first sixty meters of the race. Like it's it's pretty even usually through the first half of a hundred meter dash, but he pulls away in the second half of the of those races because he doesn't slow down as much as everybody else does. And, and if you look at the splits, you really get really nerdy on the, the details of it. That's exactly what happens is, is everybody reaches top speed between 40 and 60 meters of the hundred meter dash. And then it's 
the winner is the one that slows down the least over the last 40 to 50 meters. Um, and the same is true at the marathon distance as well, or the half marathon or 50 K or whatever it is. The fastest people are the ones that are able to maintain as close to their pace as possible for the longest amount of time. Um, so it's all about endurance in endurance athletics, which, you know, surprise, surprise, the, 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 the clue is right there in the name. Uh, but we get focused on speed. We get focused on fast. We get focused on no pain, no gain. And I got to run hard and I got to train fast to race fast. And there's a certain element of truth to some of those things, but it's a lot, uh, there's a lot less of that required than, than is really, is really necessary. Like a little bit of speed work, a little bit of hard running goes a really long way. And it goes even farther when you've got a good aerobic base, which, um, is what is, is what running easy is all about. Yeah. Building base for sure. And, you know, I was at a cross country meet for my son, who's a junior in high school. And I saw, uh, there were two guys at the front of the race about maybe, you know, this is a three mile race. They're maybe about a third or a half mile in. They're kind of leading the way they're looking sharp, you know, and then about halfway through the race, those two guys were like back in like 10th, 12th place because, you know, they went out too fast. It's all about going, going slow sometimes. So for you, uh, um, Diz, Denny, what, uh, what's, what's next for you? I know we're continuing crawl, uh, this race around the world. We've got, uh, Andes and Antarctica and going down under and to, uh, Europe and Southeast Asia, but in terms of, uh, real life and, <laughs> and real races, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's next for you or maybe another book in the, on the horizon? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no no shortage of things, right? When you're the, when you're the chief everything officer, you always you always have plates up in the air. Um, <laughs> but as as far as running goes, I mean, the the, the current schedule is pretty empty, which honestly is not uh, a shock for me. I, I don't very often have uh, a lot of races on the calendar. Maybe have a I, I do kind of have my eye on potentially uh, running a, a 50k uh, this December, uh, a, a new race uh, that that might look like it could be a good little weekend getaway for for my wife and I because. Uh, my parents are snowbirds and they have a place in, in town here in, in Florida. Um, so they'll be, they usually get in around the first of December. Um, and so I could probably pawn off, uh, our, our daughter and, and our dog with them. They, they can babysit for the weekend and we can maybe sneak out to North Florida to, to run that race. I'm kind of still waiting to just kind of see how COVID develops over the next uh, couple of months before I make that, that final decision. But, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be running that race. And if not, then, then who knows, we'll just keep running and keep doing the, the craw thing and, uh, you know, whenever another opportunity comes up sometime in the in the spring, maybe or whatever, maybe probably a trail race or whatever. But but we'll jump into something eventually. Uh, and as far as as the other side of life, I mean, yeah, you know, the podcast keep on keeping on and, and uh, definitely working on another book. And I say working on uh, have have barely scratched the surface of starting uh, another book uh, that's that's loosely titled Marathons and Metaphors. And it's just kind of all about some of the, the life lessons and, and personal lessons and things like that, that. Um, I've learned and that, that folks I've talked to on the podcast have learned, uh, through running that have then translated to other areas of their life. And, um, something that, that I've been thinking about doing for a year now. And I, a, a while back, uh, I think probably just before COVID hit, I kind of sort of started writing on it a little bit. And then when COVID happened and, and, and everything got shut down and I started spending half of my day, uh, teaching kindergarten every, every day and the other half trying to, to keep the, you know, the main parts of work going, uh, it kind of got put on the back burner and hopefully, hopefully 2021, the book will be out. Um, I want I, I had said that hopefully 2020, the book would be out realistically. Uh, there's just, there's no way that's happening now, but hopefully have a good dent of the uh, manuscript written before the end of the year and then kind of finish it up in the early part of 2021 and, uh, see if we can't have it, uh, have it available before, uh, before the end of the year next year. And, uh, where can people find be ready on race day? I imagine, uh, Amazon and all kinds of places normally. 
yeah, it's it's on Amazon. You can get a uh, the, the Kindle version or the uh, the paperback version, your choice. Uh, on, on Amazon, you can also check out uh, and get a couple free chapters and things like that to kind of see if if uh, it might be something that you'd be interested in. If you go to be ready on race uh, there's there's information there and samples. And of course, there's links back to Amazon there as well. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I highly encourage folks to go subscribe to Diz Runs Radio for running, life, and everything in between uh, to listen to that like I do uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, and uh, maybe I'll get a chance to make a trip down to Florida sometime to Disney World. And, and you know, uh, you'll probably, you might still be painting your house at that time. So <laughs> if you can use an extra hand, we could go for a run and then go paint and then go for a run and kind of you know, rinse and repeat, right? Well, I, I mean, yes, but hopefully the painting of the house will be finished by then because it's already it's already taken longer than I wanted it to, and, and we're not even uh, barely scratching the surface of uh, the progress meter yet. But uh, but yeah, if you make it down to Disney, I'll I'll make it up to Disney to run some miles with you, and, and uh, uh, we can we can plan on that for sure. All right, well, thanks, Denny, very much. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Jason, so much. And like I said, he's one of the inspirations for me wanting to start my own podcast because, you know, he really um, has a good time with it, uh, is entertaining, and also gives some great running advice and uh, really is a man of the people. And so uh, I'm I'm, uh, excited about being on his team for the next year plus for uh, running around the world virtually thanks to Lazarus Lake and his his creation as we uh, log our miles every single day. Uh, Now to our final uh, segments of the podcast, uh, including Food for Thought and uh, a parting gift that will hopefully inspire you. And since we talked uh, really a lot about running with with Denny, with Diz, um, I found some uh, some food for thought, some news articles uh, that relates to running when it comes to fitness and faith. Uh, the first one is an article from Inside Hook. It's called How Eating More Waffles, of all things, can help you become a better runner. <laughs> the sub uh, subheading is a new personal best awaits. Just go easy on the syrup. So if you like waffles, listen up because I love waffles. If you like carbs, here you go. Uh, kind of a, a quick health lesson they do first. Uh, you, your body really, to get through the day, needs to burn glucose. That's digested form of, of, of carbohydrates. After you eat anything that contains carbs, you know, you've got maybe bananas, oatmeal, noodles, those carbs actually turn into sugars, which spread throughout your bloodstream. And uh, if you move continuously, run or walk or whatever for 90 minutes or more, or if you demand a, a, an enormous amount of an exertion from your body before that 90-minute mark, you'll start to dip into that uh, what they call reservoir. And then your body starts ripping through fat. Uh, that last option sounds appealing. Uh, fat uh, is good. We, we need it. Uh, it does, though, take longer to convert fat to fuels and offer less fuel in return, according to this article. There can be something like bonking. You've maybe had that before if you've been a runner. Your legs feel like bags of sand. That's when uh, there's a total glycogen depletion, a glycogen depletion in your muscles. And coaches generally would recommend runners maybe get uh, to, to stop any kind of sort of race day, May Day. You eat a ton of pasta or carbs the night before. I know that Denny is more of a uh, low-carb, high-fat guy. I'm more of a high-carb guy. I love carbs, and so that's kind of one of the reasons I like to run so I can eat more. More importantly, it's the day of fuel that requires some some serious consideration. So they hear in this article uh, by Inside Hook, they say, pick a waffle, any waffle. And uh, the most prominent one, you know, is, is something called an, a runner's actually eat waffle movement is honey stinger. It's a stroop waffle, a Dutch for syrup waffle, and it's two dried out wafer cookies with a little bit of filling in between. So waffles do, uh, according to this article, check off a lot of boxes for runners. 
Uh, it's a, kind of a psychological element at play, of course, and it's, uh, you, you can feel prepared for that race or that workout after consuming some real foods. We're talking like a banana, a scoop of peanut butter, and then, of course, a waffle. So, um, and a little sugar goes a long way uh, when it comes to uh, kind of giving you fuel. You literally need it. Uh, but the key to whatever you eat, whatever you want to eat, is not make it a feast and don't drown it in sugar or, or syrup. You need a little bit of that. A waffle may not propel you to a PR on its own. But it can give you some of that, what the experts call it, a cheap energy. You need to summon a final kick on that last mile of a 5K marathon, you know, whatever you're out there running. From a faith perspective, uh, Go Eerie uh, gives us an article that's, that's titled, None Runs Treadmill Marathon Raises Money for the Poor. This is from the Associated Press. So, um, the, the, of course, a lot of marathons and races were canceled due to the coronavirus, like the Chicago Marathon. So, Sister Stephanie Baliga, uh, she was supposed to run that. And uh, so, she still wanted to run you know, the marathon, the 26.2 miles, but she did it in her convent's basement. So, a 32-year-old nun, Baliga, had uh, told her running team that if it was canceled, she'd run a treadmill marathon to raise money for the Mission of Our Lady of the Angels Food Pantry in Chicago. And so she was going to do it alone at 4 a.m. with music from a boombox. So back on August 23rd, she did that run, live-streamed it on Zoom, and posted it on YouTube. And she says, quote, It seems to have allowed people to have some encouragement and happiness and joy in this time of extreme difficulty for lots of people. Now, as Baliga ran, she, she prayed the rosary, prayed for her supporters, and really prayed for the people who have contracted the COVID-19 virus and maybe have isolated during this crisis. Uh, the final push from uh, came from a surprise on-screen appearance by 2004 Olympic bronze medalist Dina Caster. And so Baliga submitted her time, this is impressive, three hours and 33 minutes to the Guinness World Records for timed treadmill marathon. More importantly, though, uh, her treadmill marathon so far has raised more than $130,000 for her mission's community outreach. So doing it for a great cause and finding a way to still do the marathon virtually, even though the Chicago Marathon did not happen in person this year, like many, many races out there. So, you know, find a way to still do it. Our parting gift for today is uh, kind of the inspiration for the name for this podcast, Run the Race, which you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast, listen to any of the previous 41 episodes and uh, some great guests talking about faith and fitness and it's uh, all over the place on uh, Google Play and Stitcher and, and Apple Podcast and, uh, and uh, Spotify, all kinds of places, you know, that you can find it. Uh, so uh, the inspiration for the name, Run the Race, comes from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I'm going to read the extended version of this verse uh, from the Bible. It says, quote, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love that last part. Uh, not you know we we often grow weary with things and kind of lose heart we disappointed by in, in ourselves or other people or just the world and politics and and um so uh you know think about Jesus when when you're in that time and what he endured on the cross for us 
and uh, because there's going to be opposition in our own mind, opposition from sinners and coworkers and family members, all kinds of things. So, uh, so take heart, uh, don't lose heart, and uh, he will give you strength. Uh, you do not, do not need to grow weary. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. I'm going to end now in prayer. Dear God, um, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the ability to run. Uh, help us to, to be healthy in this time where we're still in crisis, uh, still in a pandemic. Uh, help our, our nation to come together as we're just a few weeks out from this election. And Lord God, just uh, help us to, to know um, how to be uh, better uh, physically, spiritually, and mentally, that we look to you for our strength when we grow weary, Lord God, and protect our families. And thank you for this opportunity to talk about you and talk about fitness on this podcast. You never pray. Amen. Again, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have a lot of choices out there on your podcast for Spotify or Apple. And if you can go to the bottom of the, uh, the either one of those apps and, and write a quick review for me, that'd be great. We'd love to continue this on and have some great guests uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, so until next time, God bless everybody.